When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey you, this is Marnie, and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also, give us five stars, just because. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source. I'm Kristen Carney, a comedian and one of your hosts here, of course, with Marnie Kinris, a best-selling author of Get Inside Her uh, and owner of The Wing Girl Method. We have uh, no voice of man. It's kind of been a thing lately, but don't worry. Um, we will give them back. Um, we're just kind of taking a break we'll from, the, from the wieners. Um, we have a divorce coach with us today. Um, uh, Ariana Jarrett and she helps people get through divorces and decide if they want to get divorces and all that kind of crazy stuff yeah crazy which, which, crazy crazy which is really yeah. interesting so so tell me how you got into being a divorce expert how many times have you been divorced <laughs> 12 that's how many it takes to get it. thankfully only one yeah <laughs> I'd really only like to have done it the one time I don't want to do it again um well I started out when I was um I was a stay-at-home mom. I started when I was seven. I started when I was seven. No, I was a stay-at-home mom with my second child, and I had worked in nonprofit fundraising for my whole career, and I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. I'm a social worker by background, and I was thinking private practice, something like that, and a friend suggested that I look into mediation as an option instead of private practice, and I took a private um, mediation course. What's mediation? Okay, so mediation is when instead of going to court, and it can be for any case, but in divorce in particular, instead of ever going to court, you meet with a third party who's neutral, unbiased, yeah. couldn't care less what you end up with at the end as long as you're comfortable and happy with it. Or it helps you be civil. Helps you be civil because you're not going through this adversarial fighting process and you work everything out in an office. You don't ever have to walk in front of a judge and you get your divorce do and you're done. people choose to do this because they're nicer people to each other or why do people choose mediation over going to court? That's expensive, right? That's the main you know, issue right now that people think of mediation because it's cheaper. And it is. It's about 10% of the cost of going into court. It's really also a way that you can actually have a say in the process. It's completely voluntary. So you get to decide everything. You get to work everything it seems out. more fair. That's what. That's how I perceive it. I just feel like a judge doesn't know who you are and just says, yes, no, yeah. Like, and a, medi- or a mediator is, is not there in the process with you, but they get to know the two parties. You can discuss things further. Right? Yeah, they are there in the process with you. Okay. I mean, I always pause at the word fair because it's a four letter right. word and it starts with an F. And, you know, it, it, fair is always <laughs> sort of the undoing of a process, but it, it's more um, in line with what each of you need. Right. Right. My kid's uh, middle school teacher has a thing in her room that says fair is what everybody getting what they need to be successful. And that's really how I look at it. What do you need? What do you need? And how can we all move forward now? It's wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, mediation right now. Well, 
Divorce in Los Angeles right now is taking three to four years on average, and the average cost is $100,000 for a couple going through it. So to be able to work it out in a few months in a mediator's office. And the thing is, women are aging during this process. It's like, (laughs) like, come on, getting married. Got to get on to my next marriage. Yeah. Interesting. So you you were doing mediation, and obviously you got exposed to a ton of people getting a divorce. Also yourself, who had gone through a divorce. Well, so I got into mediation because I loved the process once I learned about it, and I just naturally gravitate towards issues with people. I find people fascinating. I just love watching you gravitate what they towards do. confrontation. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But getting out of it, you know, yeah, like no, wonderful. I look at it all like a Rubik's cube. You know, it's like figuring out the puzzle pieces that will get something out. that Kristen will never figure out and we'll yeah. just throw a Rubik's cube. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> throw against the wall. Well, life relationships <laughs> and a Rubik's cube. That's what she's speaking. Well, there to. you go. There you go. So. Um, I actually was still married when I started doing divorce mediations. Hint, hint, husband. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I mean, we had a tough marriage and I always, you know, I had a sense that it might end up there one day. And I also knew it would be probably difficult if we did go there and I wanted to know everything I possibly could. So it certainly helped me. And I feel like that's one of the gifts to me in doing this work is I... I get a lot of validation out of what I do and talking with people in a similar situation. And I know that I can offer that back. Well, can I, to can them. I ask you a question? Cause I want to continue down this path to, to, to advise the people that are listening, whether they're in a relationship now, a marriage now, and they're contemplating divorce. You had said something about your own situation where you had known it could potentially go to that place. Can you talk more about that? Well, my part, because, you know, when you work in divorce, everybody says to you, well, why do you see the most? And is it affairs? And why, why do people get divorced? My take is that the number one reason for divorce is that people married for the wrong reason. They didn't really marry because they were in love. And this is the person they wanted to be partners with for the rest of their life. It was time. They were a certain age. They thought that this person would be a good wife or a good husband. And usually... But those are like good reasons, though. Like they thought they would be a good husband and a good wife, and but were they in love with them? You know, that, like all that right. stuff. Well, first of all, what do you even mean? I don't think people really sit down and think, what do I mean to myself when I say I think they're going to be a good husband? Does that mean they're going to be a provider? Does that mean they're going to give me a foot rub at night? Like, what does that mean to you? Right. You know, and so people get married without really having thought that through. And my mom always said to me when I was younger, anything somebody does that annoys you at the beginning when you've been married for a little bit, is only going to annoy you more. Oh, yeah. So don't expect it to get better. <laughs> oh, my God. My mom like, said now that. Now you're speaking my yeah. language. Oh, yeah. My yeah. mom said that. Okay. So, yeah. what, so if you don't mind me asking, what were the things for you where you're like, oh, I, I kind of knew this was going to go down, or I thought it may go down this path. What What were things that triggered that for you? Did you not marry Probably just the right not reasons? happy. But like, Probably just weren't happy. I think, you know... We we got everything happened really, really fast with us. We were working together and um, we were working in a really intense environment. Did he work in divorce also? No, he was he's a rabbi. Oh, so, yeah, I don't like to talk too much about that because, you know, but were you a rabbi, too? I was not. I was not. You know, people did ask me that all the time. Can women be rabbis? Yeah, Yeah, sure. Oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget because I'm Catholic. And yeah. I'm- yeah. <laughs> no priest yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, but so um, we were working in this really intense environment. Everything happened really fast. We were engaged a month after we started dating. And then we were married five months later. Oh. And were you orthodox? Red flags. No, conservative. Okay. But um, yeah, so red flags. And I think that we both, you know, he thought of me as a social worker and I was going to fall in this like, Category. kind of category of being a case manager and like taking care of everything that way and I thought he was going to be a certain way and 
we weren't really looking at each other necessarily and how we related to each other. You know, and I, whenever I talk with a couple or even a person I meet and they were divorced, I say, when did you know that there might be a problem? It was usually before they got married or even before they got engaged. Really? That they knew. Yeah. And so I think people just don't check in with themselves that way. And were you hoping that it would get better? Sure. No, no, sure. I mean, I didn't want to be divorced right. and my parents are still happily married after 47 years. And we had, our, you know, we tried couples counseling. That's another thing. I really don't believe that people just give up easily and walk into divorce easily. Almost right. everybody has tried either actually tried marriage counseling or tried to ask the other person to go to marriage counseling. So sure. sure, you know, and there were moments I thought it was going to get a lot better and that we'd be okay. okay. And that was what I wanted. What were the main things that you did want from him that he wasn't able to give you not because he wasn't trying to but that he just just couldn't give to you that you needed um <laughs> sex okay you know was a big 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 issue um you know i we are just not the right people for each other okay. i'm just gonna put it that way it's not even what he could have or couldn't have given to me i think that there, he has a girlfriend now and i think from everything i've seen of it and everything i hear from my kids they have a great relationship they're the right fit for each other you know she's an emergency room physician and i think that's more what he needed to be honest you know and and you know, so I think that it's just a matter of a really of figuring out yeah. he needed or something like yes. why, why, why a physician type? Just what a lot different? of like um, thriving on crisis and, um, you know, drama. And they, yeah. you know, they work well together, you yeah. know, and they manage it well together. They do. Yeah. You know, so all the coaching that I do for people to look for the, what you really need in the next relationship, he just sort of naturally did. So, you know, good for him and good for them. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. for the people who are listening, how do they... Um, make better selections of the people that they allow into their lives and they invest in they potentially partner up with what can they be looking for well I think you know people talk about making these lists about what you want before you go out and I started making lists instead of what I didn't want or what I would not tolerate again I love that you know so I don't want ever again and I will not tolerate ever again a relationship with somebody who yells at me you know I'm not going to tolerate a relationship with somebody who um, makes me feel less than or tries to put down what I do is not in, as important as what they do. You know, there's just certain things that were the real touch points of yeah, problems. Huge red flags for you. Yeah, yeah, huge red flags for me. And so those are the things where if I'm if I'm starting to see somebody and I encounter one of those things, it's supposed to be my deal breaker. Right. So I haven't always been so good about that. Like I made my list and then I met somebody I really, really liked. And the first thing happened and I was like, all right, well, well, let it slide this time. And maybe it was just this time. And then and that's really when I got into trouble again was when I let those things slide. And so that's what I really encourage people to do is keep checking in on that list. And yeah, they should have all the good things too. And you should have fun and they should, but I don't like, you know, I, I know friends who get caught in these, mostly women from New York, but people who get caught in these categories, he's got to be at least six feet tall and he's got to be right. at least in the C level, you know, class of, of professional. And he's got to drive this kind of car or higher. And not even that it's always about, you know, financial, but it ha- there's all these boxes and then you leave out so many people. So I like to look at the boxes that if those get checked, they have to be gone instead of what they have to meet in order to try them out in the first place. Okay. No, I, I, I like that for sure. As long as you're not well, – because it's interesting because you even said, you know, you let a couple of those things pass by or, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But it's interesting because I – okay, I think of my, of my husband, for example, and I probably would have said the same thing. I will never be in a relationship with somebody who yells at me, right? My mm-hmm. husband yells at me. Mm-hmm. He does. 
I don't mm-hmm. like it. I think that it's, I have a whole bunch of, opin- of opinions about what I think in that moment when he is yelling. Mm-hmm. But um, I have communicated with him about that. And that's his natural instinct of where he goes. And we together have learned a way so that if his natural human instinct is to yell we have figured out a way so that i immediately leave the room let him get out his like you know ape whatever he needs to at that moment and then we come together back together and we have open and honest communication sometimes it takes like a day for him to calm down if he's really frustrated by something or he's stressed at work whatever it is but we can come back together afterwards so uh, is there wiggle room in some of some of those red flags that some people may put onto their list like what 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 is the boundary what's the line and how how far can you cross it well I think that you did a really great job right there of showing how you can do that yeah because so he needs to yell and I'm not look I yell I'm a yeller you know I get plenty mad myself but I don't expect anybody to be willing to sit there and be yelled at by me right you know what I mean so if he's willing to let you walk out of the room and go through whatever feelings he needs to go through in order to get there, that's fine, you know? But I've lived in relationships where somebody would be yelling at me and I would say, I'm going into another room until you're done and they would follow, you know? And I had had an ex-boyfriend who actually went into the other room and I locked the door so that he wouldn't continue the conversation and he went downstairs and got a knife (gasps) and unlocked the door so he could come in and continue to yell. You know, those are pretty big waving red flags (laughs) that they won't allow you to leave when you're not comfortable okay i just just want to put it in place that there are ways Mm -hmm. to work through differences between individuals of things that may not work for you but exactly what you just said if they're not Mm -hmm. willing to compromise and work with you absolutely right again and you know i'm saying like do not yell is one specific but it's really it's respecting the boundaries right and so you guys are respecting each other's boundaries because he needs to be able to do something. So you're, well, nobody's ever going to be perfect 100% of the time. But I'm assuming, I'm hoping, there's a lot of love under that too and a lot of other really strong connection. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I mean, if not, I can give you my card for later. But I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, it's just respect is is really number one. Okay. You know. But I I, I like that you stress those differences is that – I, I've talked about in a lot of my programs, I have this um, document that people go through and it's to discover their own values. And it's something that I had gone through myself. I figured out what my core values were. And the interesting part about going through that document and figuring out those values wasn't that I figured out my values. It was that I acknowledged that other people had strong values as well, which Absolutely. I didn't understand before. And moving forward from that, I understood how important other people's values were to them. And I I wasn't there to belittle them. I was there to respect them, maybe not agree with them, but be okay with them. And exactly what you just said, I think like respect is the core to a solid, great relationship, even if you have battles and ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side, let's hear about people who have decided to get divorced. Mm -hmm. They go through the process. And before we got onto, onto the air, you were talking about how the hardest part is after the divorce is over that's the hardest part for them to go through. So I'd love to talk about the process of being divorced and how to proper, properly do it because it, it applies to breakups as well. How to, how to do it the most amicably mm-hmm. and the most fairly, as mm-hmm. we discussed before. Um, and then afterwards, what happens once the divorce is done and you're, you're alone? It's just like a big like grasshopper sound, like just or, or uh, crickets. crickets, crickets, just like, uh. 
when it's over. Exactly, exactly. You know, I look at the divorce process as sort of the purgatory because divorce process is its own animal. And depending how you go through it, you're going to have your professionals who lead you through it. So if you end up hiring attorneys and you lawyer up and you go to court, they're going to kind of be running the show for as ever long as it takes or until they decide that you don't have any money left and then they'll suddenly figure out how to settle everything. Right. Right. So that's what happened to my sister-in-law. Yeah, for sure. You know, so what I do a lot when I'm coaching people, you know, is I'm working with them, not so much on how to deal with their ex as much as how to deal with their own attorney, Jesus. you know, and make sure that their attorney is hearing them. And people don't really remember that their attorney works for them. Like you hire your attorney, right? You're their boss. You know, people kind of get bossed around by their attorneys. So if they're going through that kind of a process, then that's its own ride and it's and so that really takes over your life whole ex-husbands essentially in the process like you have your attorney ex-husband essentially that you're dealing with maybe even more because then they've got their you know assistants that you're talking to and they hire their you know the friends yeah "Yeah, you're paying them a lot of money and they you know they'll take your house and they'll say oh well let's sell the house and then we'll put that money in escrow and so now we know exactly how much we have in our legal fees you know and we know when you're going to settle because when you end you know get to the end of the money then you're done um when you're in a mediation you know hopefully you've got a good mediator who's going to be walking you through your steps of the process and so you've got somebody holding your hand once you get and that's really your life it's like a second job for people getting divorced it's really unfortunate but it is then suddenly you get your papers back from the court and like now what do you do you know you've just been this person's spouse as part of your identity for however long it's been and then You've got your kids, but now you're, you know, there's this whole different way of relating to the other parents because now you're kind of, there's all this stuff out there about whether or not divorce is contagious, which really makes me nuts. You know, it's like I saw that there's like a, in in you guys' lobby, it's like, you know, please enjoy the free hand sanitizer. Oh, you know, there's a little like like, divorce sign up or something. No, there's like a little free, you know, Purell, you know, jar down there. And it's like, that's kind of how people, you know, spend their lives is trying to make sure that they're safe from everything and you just can't do that, right? But so you get to the end of this process and then you just, don't know what to do next. So it's really a matter of now, okay, now's your chance to look back at yourself and like what did you miss out on and what do you want to go, you know, enjoy? And it can be a lot of fun. You know, some people just like jump into dating and have this like really great time. Some people hole up in their homes and like can't get out and they don't trust themselves. It's a lot of not trusting themselves. Okay. And what, what do you advise to your clients for them to do? Like do you say, you know, take three months hit walls, be angry, be alone. And then after three months, it's done and you move forward. Or like, what is your advice to people? I never give anybody a, you know, take this much time and do this for this much time. I don't like the whole, you know, don't be alone for a year before you meet anybody else. You know, I don't feel, I actually tried that recently. I decided I was going to go through this thing where I was going to stop dating to do the whole, I'm going to be whole with myself before I, and then I realized like I was just alone (laughs) with myself and like my own stuff all the time. And it was such a, bummer yeah (laughs) and you don't grow if you're just alone by yourself so I just you know I say get in touch with your friends from I think Facebook is one of the best things ever right so get in touch with your friends from high school your friends from college like reconnect to who you were before the marriage and which parts of that you want to take with you and and expand on and which parts of that have you outgrown and you're ready to let go of and shake off you know and then and start getting out and just trying things you know can you give a, a little bit um more exact guidelines like so for example if, if you're trying to figure out who you were how, how do you do that well I think it starts by you know get in touch with your friends 
from from back then for me from it depends you know if you live around your friends from high school from college if you don't at least you know if you get if you live near them get together and just talk with them and you'll find in, in those conversations that people start to say well you were so this and you were, you know you were so strong you were so fun you and you start to start to listen to what people say to you about who you are because after a breakup you don't really feel so great about yourself right not usually yeah. and you know a lot of times even it's it's the person who asked for it and wanted it the most and then gets to the end and feels really like okay now everything was so supposed to suddenly get better and it's not and so what's wrong with me? You know, maybe there's something inherently wrong with me that I am never going to be able to have a good relationship or a good life. And I think that people just need to start going out and doing things. I think that people need to start dating and have fun with it and not spend so much time judging the people that they're seeing online. You know, give people a chance and and try people who you wouldn't normally have gone out with before you know go out and just, just not everything has to be perfect okay not everything has to be perfect yet and you have to, i really just i believe in humor i believe in you know watching as many funny things as you possibly can if you're gonna stay home you know and and when you have your time alone figure out what it is that soothes you you know some people want to sit and watch YouTube all day. Some people want to go to the beach. Some people want to read. You know, I really sit with each person personally and have a look at what it is that makes them hum, that makes them feel good about themselves and want to go out and do more things and want to go out and have a good time. So what if um, three months go by after the divorce and the person starts thinking, oh, maybe I do want to be back with them. Are those real thoughts? Are they just nervous thoughts? Are they scared thoughts? Like, wh- what What do you tell people at that point? I don't see that happen, okay. to be honest. I and think divorce. if you go through that much work in the court and stuff, I think you're committed. And it's like, right. I think you're out at that point. I really do. Yeah, I think it's different than a breakup. Like a yeah. breakup with a boyfriend or girlfriend, a few months later, you might change your mind. It's a big deal to go through a divorce. So I don't find people going through it and getting to the end and feeling like it was a mistake. Okay. More, they feel like they made this huge mistake in the marriage in the first place. And how are they ever going to trust themselves to date again? That's really the thing that I see all the time is just the trusting themselves. And so it's a lot of a look back at what you just did and what you did accomplish. You know, I'll sit down with people and I'll have them make lists of things that they accomplished each day. Just figure out three things that you accomplished today at the end of the day you know just to know that you are actually moving forward you are actually doing things it's a lot of baby steps at that stage I I have one more question so let's say you are divorced and you had been married for let's say even two years five years now whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you're back in this single state where you're like I don't even know how to date anymore Mm -hmm. do you have um, not guidelines but do you have guidance for those people who are looking to get back into dating who had been in a relationship so long and that behavior doesn't transfer over to the new dating world that they're becoming a part of what do mm-hmm. you tell people about getting back into dating what I tell people is well when you're going through a divorce every time you have a fight with your soon to be ex or your now ex I say look at that as your way of reconfirming that you did the right thing Right. Because the fact that you guys have to have these fights all the time is that's the reason you're getting the divorce. So now that you've acknowledged that you don't have to be mad about it because all I did was confirm it for you. Move on. So when you go into the dating world, I, I just really encourage people to stop worrying about like have fun. Dating is 
fun. That's the fun part. You go to work during the day, you come home and the dating is the fun part. Right. You know, and if you go out and it's a bad date, that reconfirmed for you that that person wasn't for you. Right. If you said the wrong thing to that person, they're not for you because you weren't going to be able to find the right thing that you could say. Okay. You know, and to start looking at it that way and also to start looking at it as far as you know, everybody has their own thing that they like, you know? And so if you're not somebody's thing, there's nothing wrong with that about you. It doesn't say anything bad about you. And if they're not your thing, there's nothing wrong with them. You're just not each other's So should you go into the dating world as like, say you're a soccer dad, should you go into the dating world and like you're out at a bar, should you be like soccer dad at the dating bar or should you reel in soccer dad and be like single dude and then like eventually show soccer dad to the to the girls or to the ladies you should be whoever you are and if soccer dad is truly you 24 7 then you should be soccer dad Mm -hmm. and you're maybe not going to get so many ladies do you talk about your divorce you know i would say no but at the same time i if that's where you are you're going to have to you know what I mean? I, I just feel like people in the dating world in general spend too much time thinking about what they're saying as they're saying it. And so then they're not being authentic and they're not being themselves. And that's when people don't like you because they can't understand who you are because you aren't understanding who you are. You know, and so at the beginning, if you're in the point where you're talking about your divorce, then talk about your divorce. And probably you're going to connect with other people who are about at that same stage. And they're going to need to talk about theirs, too. You know, and if they've never been married and they don't want to hear about your divorce anymore, they're going to say the no the next time you ask them out. And that'll be that. But that's where you were. You know, I just I really encourage people to stop judging themselves so much on every date and at every bar and every swipe left or right. Right. Well, You're that was, that was going to be my next are. question. How, how do they start dating again? Like for them, if they if they were married for 10 years, mm-hmm. Tinder wasn't there. So what, right. how do you tell people to start even looking it's for It's kind of like when a convict gets out of prison after right. 40 years and they're like, what, cell phones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I encourage people to jump right into the online dating. So and that's where you tell them to go first is online. I tell them to, well, that's a place to go. You know what I mean? So what I see happen is a lot of people reconnect with somebody from high school or college you know, I went through, I, I actually got, it was really, really fun. I reconnected with a guy who I had a crush on when I was 14. No, I was 16 and he was 18. So I was in 10th grade. He was in um, 12th grade and I was madly in love with this guy. And I joined a youth group in order to get to know him. And we went on one double date and nothing mm-hmm. happened at the end. And I dropped out of the youth group and that was that. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, you know, been in touch with this person in 20 some odd years. Right. You know, and we ended up dating for a month or so. And it was really, really fun. You know, and that was a fun thing to do. Um, and so that just sort of happened. You know, again, it's like the, one of the gifts of Facebook. And then when I was ready after that, I went into the un- online dating and I tried the whole variety. And I think that the people who have trouble with online dating are the people who take it too seriously. I mean, that is just my message across the board is everything is just there for fun. How do you stop from it from being too serious? Like, how do you not take it too seriously? You remind yourself that you're being too serious. You know, like I really and I, I believe in also in giving yourself like a mantra for each little thing that you do and each conversation that you're having. So if you're finding yourself getting really frustrated in the online dating, take a look at what it and say, okay, I'm taking it too seriously. Like this is not, you know, neurosurgery I'm doing right now. This is just looking at dudes online. Right. What was your first date like after you had gotten divorced? My first date, it was somebody from high school. 
And he, I found out from my, my mom said that his, um, she ran into his mom and found out that he was just divorced. And so I got in touch with him and um, he came over to my place and we were going to watch the Laker game and have pizza and hang out. And I didn't know that he was deathly allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. So, so you killed him. Right. Almost. Like, oh my God, I have 10 cats. Yeah. So I had, I had two cats and like he walked in and his eyes started like puffing out like immediately. And <laughs> so we tried hanging out in the backyard, but it was really cold. And then we tried hanging out in his car for a little while and it was kind of funky and awkward, but we're still friends and we still tell, you know, I just think with everything like that, you have to be like, okay, it was, it was not what I wanted it to be. Right. But it was really funny. I can turn that into something funny that I look back on and think, okay. Do you, you know, think at that point, now I need to check in with people about cats first. Right. <laughs> Lesson learned. I do. Do you think you would have been ready to really start dating somebody right after your divorce? Yes. Okay. Because you had already been out of it for so long. Because by the time I was willing to make the choice to get a divorce, it had been so long since it had been a romantic relationship anymore. Yeah. You're like, give me somebody else. Some wiener. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think that um, maybe you had any did you have any boundaries up in place like were you nervous about getting back into a relationship with somebody or were you like okay I'm all in I was all in okay yeah totally I was all in I think I was too all in at the beginning you know the boundaries kind of came later and I I think now I'm at a stage where I have too many you know and I need to start like knocking them down again but um yeah and I think that's why a lot of people at the beginning it's like a 16-year-old, again, right. you know, dating because it's almost like you've never dated before in your life. Right. And you're just so excited and you're all like little puppy dogs. And, and everything's like, so, great. Everything's great and everybody's going to be the reason that this all happened in the first place. Right. Was so that, you know, this next person was really who you were meant to be with. And so you went through all of this just so you could arrive at this magical moment where you met this person and fell in love and were married forever. Right. And usually that's not the case because you have no boundaries and so you usually find the wrong person right, the wrong people. yeah yeah so for the guys who are listening is there a way for them to know what stage the woman is in that if they're dating somebody who they find out has been divorced is there a way for them to cautiously move forward or to help her in some way so that if they really like this woman and she's in the state where she's like i don't have enough boundaries i have too many men like is there a way to help clear all of that f- with her mm-hmm. and then still stick around so that you're not going through the process of, okay, now I'm too eager or I don't have enough boundaries or I have too many boundaries where, where you're more focused on you. How does he, how does he help you become more focused on him and the interaction that the two of you are having together? It's a, t- it's a, it's a hard question, but. Well, I think that he helps you do that by not judging you by the stages that you're at necessarily. You know what I mean? So I'm a little bit hypocritical in some ways, because like I've made it my own personal policy that I will not actually I've broken this already a few times. I tried to make it my personal policy that I would not date anybody who was in their process where they were actually separated and the divorce was still in process. Because I know I I mean, I will tell you right now that anybody who is still in the process of their divorce, even though I don't believe and other people do, I don't believe that they're technically cheating, because they are getting a divorce and the paperwork's been filed. They are not going to be ready to actually give you their full Why? attention. Why? they're so stressed and... Because they're stressed. They have no idea what they're going to have left at the end of this divorce emotionally, financially, you know, in any part of them. They have no idea where they're going to be. You are talking me out of ever getting married right now, right. by the way. 
I don't know if I mean but let's say I'm not let's here say to tell you to get married yeah. to be but, honest but let's, yeah it's let's but say, I mean the idea of ever getting divorced sounds so wretched and so terrible what I would say is not don't get married it's be really smart about getting married. right well let's right. give a few more tips on that then about mm-hmm. like how can people be more smart? I know you had said that you, you know, you want to have your list of things that you maybe wouldn't allow or wouldn't like in a relationship, but how can people be smarter? Do they give it more time? Do they have certain things that they have to see? Like what is the smarter way to select a person to let into your life forever? Because listen, I've been with my husband for 11 years. We dated for like five, six years before we got engaged and married. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like you, you, we we could still change in ten years from who we are. It's not about like the duration of time that you've dated, or you think you make the right decision at a certain point in time, but things can change. Like how 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 can we help people be smarter about who they allow into their lives? So the way I look at the decision to get married is when you go out to get a car, right, and you're going to lease a car, you are sent into the finance guy's office, right? And they spend probably three hours with you going over all of the different rules about everything that you're doing and in signing for this car, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go over and you have to initial each page and sign each page. Oh, and but I don't you even have to listen know to what, what you're saying. doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, you don't, but, you, but at least you have to sit there and do right. that, right? You walk in to get your marriage certificate and you wait in line and they hand you a certificate and you sign it and you take a selfie probably now we didn't back then but you know it was 14 years ago I got married right but and you walk out and you're done and nobody talked to you about what marriage involves you know I really believe in that's interesting so he was a rabbi and you didn't have a rabbi sit down with you to talk about marriage you didn't go through that process we had a rabbi sit down with us and say so how are you guys feeling like tell us about your relationship like it was very you know because Catholics do it different, right? Don't you have like several weeks before where you go for like marriage counseling before to decide whether or not you're supposed to be married? I don't know. There are I a lot that was of in Judaism too. There are a lot of religious institutions that do that across the yeah. board. I don't know of one where the clergy sits down and says, "Okay, let me tell you about community and separate property." But I right. think <laughs> right. So yeah. when yeah. you get married, you don't get to say this is your money, this is my money, because even if you said that to each other, right. the state of California doesn't agree with you. You know, so people get into these situations where they they get married and they've never talked about, well, how do you keep a budget? How do you keep a budget? You know, I actually I did. I wrote a piece I wish I had in front of me where I, I listed for people like these are the things that you need to go over with each other at some point before you actually get married and make sure that you have an understanding that you may have to deal with these issues. So. Not just what's your oh, site again? Because I want to actually read this list of people. Um, this one is actually on um, the Good Men Project, so it's um, goodmenproject.com slash author slash Ariana Dash Jarrett, and it's towards the beginning. It's called um, Lessons from an Entrepreneurial Marriage. Okay. Okay, and so so the way I look at it is. You may want to have kids, right? You establish, right. okay, we want to have kids. Instead of talking about, oh, maybe we'll name the boy Johnny and the girl Jane. Well, what happens if one of our kids has special needs? Right. How are you going to feel about that? How, do you believe in medication for kids? Do you believe in early intervention for the kids? You know, really sit down and take a look at what are the things we might have to deal with. Wow. You know, um, how do you feel, you know, about exploring sexuality with each other? 
You know, like if things are good when you're dating and you're engaged, then, you know, let it go and you'll see what happens over the years, right? But if you're having problems in the bedroom before you even get engaged, that's a big thing that you're going to have to figure out if you can handle. Because this is, once you get married, this is supposed to be the only person you're going to have sex with for the rest of your life if you're not polyamorous, right? So, right. It better be good because that's a really long stretch of time. So are these things that you decide on your own, that you make a list for? Like, how how, how do you find out this information? Like, once you get engaged, do you sit down and say, like, listen, we have to knock these things out because I want to hear how you think about these things before I say yes? Or are they things that you bring up in your relationship once you decide... I'm getting serious about this person. I'd like to know how they think about things. I believe that these are things that should be brought up once you're feeling serious about the person. Okay. You know, I mean, maybe they come up sort of naturally in conversation sometimes, but some of these things you really have to be willing to have the conversation. And if you're willing to say we're in a committed relationship with each other and we both want to be married at some point, then before you discuss, you know, carrot size and clarity, you should be discussing what would we do with a special needs kid. Mm-hmm. You know, because 90% of couples who have a kid with special needs end up divorced. Yeah. You know, so it's those kinds of things that stuff happens in life. And how do you guys deal with that stuff together? Okay. What's the article called that you said that gave the top 10 things that you should talk about? Um, I think that the title was um, Lessons for an Entrepreneurial Marriage. Okay. So go to goodmenproject.com and just, I can't really seem to find the article, but look up uh, lessons from sorry again an entrepreneurial marriage an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial marriage because I think yeah. that would be really helpful for a lot of people I just and, things to keep in the back of your mind and just to help the, the way breakers. that I look at it is you know it's like businesses talk all the time right now about how failure is necessary for success yeah right we shouldn't be afraid of failure in business because well, that's then the I'm gonna be really successful me yeah. too mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right well you so, have to you have to learn like what you like what you don't like what works for that person what doesn't mm-hmm. work how they move through conflict I, I mm-hmm. will say on one of the first dates that I had with my husband we had a huge debate about tipping and mm-hmm. for me, I guess, you know, if I was older, maybe I would have been like, uh, that's a huge red flag for me, realizing that he sees money totally different than I do. Because money has been an interesting what was, issue. What was the, what was your Oh, take? I don't want people to start hating me. Yeah, you're, you're cheap. I'm a big cheapo. Listen, as somebody who has been a hostess and a waitress and somebody who lived on tips for a period of time, I believe that it's not an ad- automatic thing to receive 20%. You have to earn that. You have to be a good server. You have to be attentive. You have to... T- Tap dance for them if that's what's needed. That's how I earned tips. I don't think that anybody who just serves me food automatically gets 20% on top of tax. That's my stance. He thought differently. <laughs> Did he you get mad at everybody. him or he got mad at you? It was just a debate. It wasn't like oh, okay. getting mad at each other. It was just like, oh, that's how you think. And he like literally, and I can't, his mom does it too, just like hands cash to everybody. Yeah. Opening a door. It drives me insane. But... It was an interesting debate. The thing that I looked at in that conversation was, oh, he likes debates. That was a turn on for me. But had I maybe been looking with different eyes, I would have been like, oh, this could spell what's coming. And that did come where we had very different views on money. We've worked on that together so Mm -hmm. that I can respect the fact that he spends a little bit more without throwing up every single time. And he can understand that I'm a little bit more frugal and he can respect that. So that's been wonderful for us. Um, but uh, but there, but these are good things to think about because you want to you want to. For me, the main thing that you want to look at when you're selecting somebody, and I love all the things that you said, 
it's how they discuss these topics. It's mm-hmm. not that they're closed off completely. They disrespect or knock what you believe on something. It's that they can understand that there's compromise there and a way that potentially you can work together. There are some things where it's like, no, you see it that way. I see it this way. We're done. We can't be with each other. But mm-hmm. um, I would love for people to go check out that list. Goodmenproject.com. Author Ariana Jarrett, one uh, R. J-E-R-E-T. J-E-R-E-T. And right. I think that sounds like a really good article. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and answer some questions from our listeners. Awesome. So Kristen and I um, wanted to do something special for you guys. We've been getting a lot of requests. Well, it's more special for ourselves. Right, exactly. But you guys were also in mind. Yeah. Well, always. You're always on our minds. And so, well, sometimes. <laughs> some, some guys, maybe two people, <laughs> wrote in and said, what goes on behind the scenes of the Ask Women podcast? What do you guys do before the show? What do you do after the show? What do you do during the show? They wanted to see what sleeping. actually happens. Well, on your half. Yes, mm-hmm. it depends on who's on the show. But half the time, that is very true. And so we decided, let's get a camera crew in here and show people what actually goes on behind the scenes at the Ask Women podcast. So we have done it. We've edited it. It's kind of awesome. And we also gave you a video um, of a full podcast so you can actually see us instead of just hearing us. And the the truth is, is that, yes, this is a great behind the scenes. It's wonderful because it is jam-packed with information for you. But it's also a great way to support the show uh, and keep us on the air because it's a motive for Kristen to make some a- extra yeah, cash. Yeah, because I'm thinking about driving yeah. for Uber. So <laughs> exactly. It's so getting dire. Kristen needs some money and we need some support for the show. So I would love for you to go get a copy of the Ask Women Behind the Scenes video, which gives you like 20 minutes, I think, of, of us behind the scenes before the show. Yeah, it's basically and- like us kind of arriving, like what the studio looks like here at yeah. Sideshow Network. Yeah. So it's basically us getting here, uh, setting up, uh, talking about what yeah. you know how we um, uh, what we discussed before the show, and like grabbing coffees, etc. Yeah, super it's exciting so, stuff. It's like it's like I have no. It's, idea. it's basically really boring. But if you're wondering like what we look like. Yes. Sitting at microphones and talking. Yes. And then it's we have the that. wonderful sex with Emily. Uh, she was on the episode that we decided to do this for. So she's super cute and she talks all about sex and pleasuring a woman. And uh, it, 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 it's awesome. You can see hand gestures, which might be helpful I for you guys. you can see hand jobs as well. Yes. Hand gestures of things to do. That would be really yeah. helpful. Anyway, if you want to support the show, if you want to check out this behind the scenes footage of the Ask Women podcast, go to winggirlmethod.com and slash behind the scenes wingrowmethod.com slash behind the scenes and get your copy of the behind the scenes video plus I'm going to throw in a free copy of my best selling book get oh, cool. inside her Ooh, I know, maybe cool. a couple of other how much too. is this going to be this is going to be $149 <laughs> <laughs> okay, well um, oh, God, I, I we are going to be very awesome and wonderful and we're going to sell this for $7.99 so please support the show please get the behind the scenes you get a free copy of my book get inside her go to winggirlmethod.com slash behind the scenes please guys i'm desperate (laughs) thanks guys okay hey guys so we're back um that's it (laughs) and we're gonna answer questions yes we're gonna get into overanalyze this and if anybody has questions for overanalyze this please write them in to ask at askwomenpodcast.com and actually this might be a moment to make an announcement because this is 
our last show oh, yeah. at Sideshow. So this isn't 100% yet. We're still going through contracts. But Christian and I are going to have a, a new home shortly. Um, you know how before we were syndicating our show on the Playboy Network? Well, Playboy has been going through this huge transformation. They're no longer having naked pictures in their magazines. They're going to be much more wonderful and amazing and go back to the the lifestyle brand that I think they initially kind of set out to be and want to be in the future. Um, and so they have asked us to come on board and uh, work with them for our podcast so now our podcast is going to be a playboy podcast you can still get it on itunes you can still get it on my website but um they'll be helping us produce our show get us awesome guests it's going to be fantastic we're really excited about it again going through the contract stage right now but that's most likely where we're going to be yeah, anyway so you just won't find us on sideshow yes exactly which i don't think anybody ever went to sideshow to find us so it's okay um but yeah so from now on we'll be everywhere else we were before but not on sideshow you can still get us on itunes and on my website Okay, here are the questions for the show. Uh, Quick question. I want to break up with my girlfriend of four months. Basically, we want different things in life. I told her already, let's just be friends, but she doesn't want to hear it. How do I let her know, explain, so she gets it and understands it and lets it go? Basically, he's trying to make a breakup stick, right? Right. Yeah, it always takes a few tries. What do you think? I think it takes a few tries for guys because I think that guys try to be nice. Really? Yeah. I really do. I think, you know, let's be friends. Why? Why? Exactly. You don't need to be friends. You're not asking her out as a friend, you know? Well, I think they're also afraid that girls might go a little crazy. But I think I, I think you're right. But and this, I is think what, that, this is what makes them crazy. Exactly. This, this middle zone, yeah. this purgatory. Yeah. I like, like the use, that yeah. you used that word before. Mm-hmm. It's the purgatory where it's like, okay, I'm not going to want to be with you, but you can lean on me. You can cry to me and I'll listen to you and hug you and be there emotionally because I don't want to be a dick. And that's what really fucks girls up, I think. Absolutely. I think it's such a mixed message. Well, if I'm good enough to be your friend, right. what's wrong what's with wrong? me? Why don't you want me more? We're so great right. together. Absolutely. And why are you asking me to still be friends with you and then I still have to hear from you and think about you and maybe yeah. see you? That's yeah. going to be miserable. So what does he say to her? So he says to her, you know what? I'm not feeling it. We're done. Yeah. And then I'm acts sorry. on that. And then acts on that. And really does not allow her to contact him. Right? You know, she's going to do whatever she wants to do. If she's going to keep contacting him, he can say to her, this is, you know, because of the way that you're behaving, I'm going to have to block you now. Okay. Bye-bye. Perfect. Yeah. Because you can't give a little bit. That's like that's that's what I think. You cannot not in a, in an, a jerk way. You can't give a little bit because that person will latch onto that. I believe. Right. I think it seems like a kind thing to do to allow them to still come back to you, but you're actually just prolonging it. You just have to rip off the band aid. Okay. So what? So let's say she's like, wait, I don't get it. We're so good with each other. I, we have so much fun. We have great sex. Like, why don't you want to be with me? What does he say without being a jerk? Again, I'm just not. I just it. don't feel it. You know, and that's it. You know, I think that's a big lesson. Some women never learn it. And I think for everybody, you have to learn that it's not necessarily about you. But oh, I think the more reasons you give, the more space you give them to argue their their position. Yeah. You know, back to it's funny. I've always said this to my clients. Like there could be a guy in my past who would say to me, you know, we're not this, we're not this, we're not this. But then give me that one sentence that was really nice and complimentary towards me. And I would latch onto that and think, oh, he really, he, he still likes me. He's mm-hmm. just scared. Like, cause that, cause that's a huge thing that a lot of women say is he's just scared. He's scared to get too close. Right. Do, it's do you nice believe excuse. that? Do you believe that some men are just too scared? I believe that some men are, but then 
you know, he's going to have to deal with that. That's not yours to fix. Right. You're not going to magically fix it for him. Right. He's not going to be with you when he is in a scared state or whatever. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hi. It seems that most of the dating advice and info that's out there seems to be focused for good-looking guys. Things like how to tell if she's interested, read the signs, etc. The thing is, I'm ugly. I never get approached. Flirted I love with. when we get these just like straight out ones. It's like I'm, I'm feeling sad. Yes. I never get approached, flirted with, hit on, or given a sign. What can you do if women are just not ever into you? I'm also not rich. Joe Heaton, 32. What can that guy do? Okay. The, I, lo- I stopped listening to Joe when he said, I never get approached or flirted with. Be a dude. Like, go approach somebody. Mm-hmm. And flirt with my them. Thing, and flirt with them and develop a personality. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know what he's doing for a living, but if you don't feel that, just because he thinks he's not attractive, by the way, there are going to be people who are attracted to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, maybe if we send a picture, I can t- we can tell him that for sure. But yes. Or we can tell him and- where to go for the, you know, correct manscaping. But, you know, you can't just tell, you know, sit back. And wait and for people to wait come to for you. somebody to get you. Yeah, I completely agree. So, so the advice would be for him to develop a personality. If he doesn't out. have develop a personality and you know grow up hair and yeah. just start asking people out yourself. Well, okay. So I'll tell a story. Last night I went out with my girlfriend for smoothies. Ooh. Um, yeah, we went to, we went to the gym together, had some smoothies afterwards, and she I hadn't seen her in a while, so she updated me on like her dating life. Actually, I'll tell two stories. One story was about this guy that she had started dating who had recently quit his job because he wanted to you know start something new, and she was excited for him. Uh, but she dated him, and he got he latched on pretty fast to her because he had nothing else going on, and which was fine. She she was totally into that as well, and like. Slowly over time, she started to not really be that into him. He couldn't get hard every single time that they tried to have sex with each other. And then she would do things to him and he wasn't reciprocal. So these are like little things that she were like sort of red flags for her. Um, And she said like the straw that broke the camel's back was they were in the car and after like, you know, not pleasuring her sexually and then kind of acting weird towards her he ate a candy bar and threw the wrapper out the window <gasps> oh. and i said he's a litterer get rid of yeah. it anyway, yeah anyway horrible yeah like that who litters yeah in 2000 i don't i don't care if you're if you can't get it up but if you litter i'm out yeah, i heard too. the non-reciprocal part and i was done <laughs> yeah, exactly but <laughs> no but the littering for her i was like oh my god you went down on him and he's like after, as he limp her after he's she like went as down limp as, well, as the rapper like, oh, oh yeah where i was like oh my god he littered yeah. that is the worst person in the entire world so don't litter next story that she told me was about this guy who she had known from high school because you had brought up mm-hmm. reconnecting because she had gone through uh, she broke off an engagement right mm-hmm. so afterwards her first thing was reconnecting with older people so she must have been following your advice maybe she's one of your clients and she reconnected with him and he was living somewhere else and wasn't really happy with himself um, but he was cute he was a pilot he was enthusiastic about her I thought and you were going to say he was a pirate <laughs> he was a pirate that'd be better than a pilot oh my god amazing yeah. um, and then you know they, they kept in contact she kind of enjoyed him but always got nervous whenever they were one on one she didn't really feel that chemistry with him anyway decided it wasn't going to work with him and he then said to her you know what I'm actually moving out to LA um, and she said well you know don't move out here for me I don't think that anything's happening here I'm not really feeling chemistry so great. He comes out to Los Angeles and they reconnect as friends because it's been very clear about that they're not anything more. Suddenly in LA, he starts building a life for himself. And he's not he's not super cute. Like I saw a picture of him. He's not super cute. But he starts uh, surfing in the morning. He starts like doing all these things, like becoming so happy and passionate. He's up for everything. And she starts inviting him to things like to hang out with her friends. And her friends are like, oh my God, this guy is so amazing. He's awesome. He's like goofing around with everybody, like a Vince Vaughn type of guy, cracking jokes and so this guy 
who she didn't look at before. She wouldn't have approached in that way. She didn't have chemistry with before. She's suddenly seeing differently. She finds him attractive. She thinks he's so cute. She's showing me pictures of him on her phone, being like, oh my God, look how adorable he is here, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my point, He developed a personality. Absolutely. That's the whole point. Long-winded, but whole point is he developed a personality and that got her to pay attention to him. So that is my advice to John Heaton of 32, is that I'd really like to see you develop your personality. Find some passions. Maybe go surfing or something like that. Have something that value is valuable to you and can be valuable to other people. And then, as Ariana said, start approaching people. Mm-hmm. Start going after them. Don't sit back and wait for people to come to you. And just so he knows, I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm a, a, Don't litter. a rock and ten babe, but I never, ever get approached. And I'm not unattractive. And so just so he doesn't doesn't make him feel horrible about himself yeah people aren't always getting approached when they're attractive yeah exactly so don't people are scared so right so don't take it totally personally that you're you're not getting approached first of all you're a dude so dudes don't get approached as much as women right and second of all if you're not super hot you know i mean i'm a chick i never get approached ever and how often do Mm -hmm. you approach never how often do you approach i approach a lot do you? I, I do. Oh, tell me more about this. Okay, so tell Yeah, because I'm a big believer and if you don't try something, it doesn't happen. You know I what agree I mean? With you. And so I know that I could be rejected at any given point, but oh well, then I move on. But if I never tried, how would I know? What do you do when you approach? I just start talking. So let's just say, say so hi. give me a scenario. I mean, I'm not a bar goer anymore. Well, I'll give you a scenario from when I was younger. I went on a trip no, to give Israel me a once. From last week. I haven't approached anybody last week. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. If I see somebody, I'll send them a message and I'll just say, hey, you know, I'll find, I'll find something about something in their profile and I'll ask a question, you know, or I'll say something funny or I'll ask them a question to help me. I think the best thing I ever did on Tinder was I put as my, my one sentence for my profile, I'm really sick of my music. What are you listening to? Oh, that's Because it helps them out too. It gave them something to say. Right. They, and then all these guys were sending me messages and I got a lot of really good music. I have a whole new playlist based off of it. Amazing. Right. Would you suggest that a guy use that as his first sentence to you if he was talking on Tinder, if he were to write to you and say, like, I see that you like music. I'm trying to update my playlist. Absolutely. Okay. Ask me a question. Ask me something about something that I You're do. Like, I don't or know. I'm bored of my music too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, okay, then you can talk about why are you bored and what do you have now? Yeah. Leading, right? leading questions. Leading questions, I think are great. Very helpful. Okay. Recently, I got back together with an ex. I'm trying to pick these ones that they would be focused for for your expertise. Thank you. Not the one we've been talking about, but a different one. Um, sorry, this is from somebody else that I've worked with before. Uh, I after the masquerade ball in Detroit, I bombed in bed uh, with this one two and a half years ago. But I gave her some amazing oral that night to redeem myself. While she wasn't '80s porno magazine bad, she did have some hair down there, and I was gagging a little on it. <laughs> what and how would I nicely ask her to trim a little down there? I would. Uh, I would just be too blunt and honest myself. W. His question is how How do you politely tell a woman to groom? I think you tell her that you have a fantasy about doing that to her. About Gro- grooming her? About grooming her. her. That was my advice as well. Yeah. I have a fantasy about accidentally cutting you with my scissors. That's what that sounds like to me. Accidentally cutting you with a razor. I also had said... Watching you groom, maybe? To say, like, I, I you know, I love... Going. No, but you've never had a guy like... I mean, like, yeah, back before that was, like, really a thing, you know, yeah. there was... There was a guy who said to me that to me once, yeah. and I let him, and it was fun. Yeah. Where, where, and when did he say it? 
in the bedroom. Okay, so you weren't like at Starbucks and he's like, you know what? <laughs> no, 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 for sure. And <laughs> okay. it's about the way you say it. You can't just be like, you know what? It's not looking so good and I want to help you out down there. You right. know, really make it into like, I've been imagining you this way. Yeah. You know, oh, and not, and not, you know, also not, oh, I saw a new picture online and I thought you might look good like that. Yeah, and then show you the yeah, picture. Was, and be like, this, this could be you. Right, right, right. This could be your veg. Right. If you let me cut you. One more question. Hi, Marnie and Kristen. Always think Kristen should say hi. This is Carney and Marnie as the intro to your show. Oh, I know. I've thought of that, actually. Really? (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Anyway, my question is this. I work at a private residential community as a security officer, and there's a cute and interesting girl who lives in one of the houses there. Or here. I want to ask her on a date, but don't want to risk losing my job, but also just want to know if she would be interested. I know you've talked about body language, but can't read her well just yet. I've teased her with cocky, funny, and so on, and she is receptive to it all. Any thoughts? Thanks. With cocky, funny? Like David D'Angelo right. style. Okay. So just like, yeah, you know, basically teasing. Yeah. Tease her with my cock. I would want to know <laughs> how badly he really wants that job. Because really? my suggestion would be, there are so many other women in the world you can find that out well, about. Would you, really, did you really think that? Lose your job. I really do. Asking a girl out. That's what I think as well. I mean, if you like rape her, then yeah. no, you wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, would, would that... If, okay, well, maybe I'm projecting a little bit because for me, if I'm really interested in somebody and I start it going and then I know that they're really interested in me, I have a hard time letting it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I almost would rather not even know and just make myself be done with it. Then risk guy, getting really excited. There was a guy that you see every day. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, let's say, I guess I don't. You have, don't have an office, but like, no, but let's, let's, I do have an office. But let's say that it was my client, right? Okay. Like, let's say that a client came in and I knew I couldn't date him because he's a client, right? But I thought, oh well, at some point he won't be a client anymore, so I'm just going to check the waters to see if he's, you know, okay with it. That would be totally wrong and inappropriate of me. And I think that if his, you know. Well, how do you shut that down then? Like, what do you just say? Like, okay, now it's over. Yeah, you just be an adult. And you're like, there are a lot of attractive people in the world. You could be that adult. I have. If you're still interacting with him and he's being super Maybe I'm just superior to you, Marnie. But yeah, I would. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to shut it down. If he was I've still like being awesome and fun and we have banter, so so what would you do? Mm-hmm. You like literally would not want to interact with him because that wouldn't be beneficial for him either. No, I'd interact with him. I would just remember that there are a lot of really attractive people in the world and that not all of them are open for my access wow, at some you're point. Strong. Okay, well let's let's address hit this guy's question. So you're you're basically saying that he should just shut it down and go date elsewhere. I think he should just shut it down. It doesn't matter. You think so too? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I don't think so. I think that there's nothing wrong with flirting and asking her out on a date. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But he already said that it would be bad for his job. But how would it he be? He said bad that it would risk his job. job. Like literally, like, there's rules there saying don't date those people. If he, if there's those rules in place, then the I would re- say. Well, think about it this way: he's supposed reason. to be the security guy, the and she's young. I say shut it down would just be because if she rejects him, then it'll be awkward for him every day to work. But then, but then he has to decide whether or not he could handle that. If she does shut him down, is he okay with it? And will he make it awkward? I guess that could be awkward for her having to walk by every single day. Yeah. But what's, like, let's say, I don't know what their interactions are. Let's say there is something there. Like, does he just lose that? Well, it sounds like she's already, what he's saying is, I just want to know if she's interested. Right. If she's already seemed receptive to his cocky, flirty banter, I'm going to guess that she has a certain degree of it she hasn't said to him like dude 
step back. Yeah. Right. Or just quickly or ignored him, by him or been rude. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. very surface level conversation. So maybe so okay, that's a, that's a good thing to note. So maybe take note of how she's being receptive. Is she just saying like, Haha, your jokes are funny. And then like, OK, I got to go. Or is she sticking around? Is she spending 20 minutes with you when she doesn't really have to be standing with you? So I would. OK, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I would say to assess the situation a little bit more if it is something where potentially if it's serious that you could, you know, lose lose your job. That's our advice overall. Okay. Hi, Marnie, Kristen, and guests. I love this show. I look forward to it every week. Here's my question. Is she single? That is always first on my mind when I see a woman I find attractive. But will she take the question as a come on? If it's the first thing I say, I look at her like a puppy dog begging for bacon bits when I ask her. It's not going to end well, is it? I always wonder when and how should I ask a woman if she's single or seeing someone in order to best mitigate any awkwardness or discomfort for her and for me. When asking, thanks for your opinion. Best wishes, Ed in Vancouver. Hmm. Well, I think if you look at her, look like you want bacon bits, it kind of comes across desperate. So I think that might not serve you well in right. the exchange. You know, I think because then you, you want to come across like cool and like you're not desperate and needing, you know, like, oh my God, are you single? Because if you are, I want to have a conversation with you right now. But is there a more confident way to ask that in the Just very like, beginning? Hey, you're cute. Are you single? Okay. And what do you think? Boom. I, I literally just got that message this morning. Somebody sent me a message on Facebook and just said, hey, I just saw you. Are you single? And it was, yeah, it was exactly that. It was just cool and confident and it was a simple question. And I, I took it as a compliment. Yeah. Are there certain people that you wouldn't take it as a compliment from? Like, let's say, or if, if he phrased it a different way. If they said it like, you're single, like, (laughs) you're looking single, lady. You know know what really bugs me is when somebody tries to pretend like they just want to get some more advice from you or they want to, you know, hang out or they hire you. Yeah. Or they want to hire you. And then it turns out it's all really an effort to find out if you're single and if you'd be interested in them. I find that incredibly annoying and frustrating. And you'd rather cut to the chase. So I would rather somebody ask me up front, even if they were, you know, like apparently Joe, you know, that as unattractive as Joe believes that he is, yeah. you know, I would still think it's a compliment that somebody finds me attractive enough to ask. Yeah. And would you always be honest? Like let's, so, so let's say it's on Facebook. It's somebody that you're not interested in. Would you say I'm in a relationship when you're not really? No, I would say I'm single. And then if they asked me out and I didn't want to go, I would say no. Okay. You know, and I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm not interested, but I would just say, you know, it's bad timing for me or I'm really focused on my work or my kids or my whatever. Yeah. Okay. Someone but says I'm really yeah. focused on XYZ. XYZ I'm never going to focus on you. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Basically. All right. Thanks for submitting these questions in. They were wonderful and awesome. Uh, and I, I keep thinking I'm going to screw up your name. Ariana. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Ariana, thank you so much for being on the show and teaching us about the ins and outs of the divorce world. I I hope I never learn about that. I hope you never do also. (laughs) But thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, you were wonderful. Tell people how to find out more about you. I know we we told people to go uh, look at your articles from the Good Men Project, but you have your own website. Right. You have your own information. Please tell them how to get in contact. So they can go to my website at arianajarrett.com. So A-R-I-A-N-N-A-J-E-R-E-T.com. And that has my um, email, ajarrett at ajmediation.com and my phone number on there. And um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. And I keep it super simple with at Ariana Jarrett on everything. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, 
just being open and honest about your information. I know you didn't really want to talk about your own divorce, but you gave us a little pecs, <laughs> uh, peeks into it, so that was very helpful. I'll, I'll give you the bill for my attorney when I yeah, get contacted exactly. by my ex. Jesus, that's crazy. <laughs> Everybody who's listening to the show, you guys are awesome. <laughs> women are awesome, too, who listen to the show. Sorry that I said guys, but like we have a lot of women that I'm realizing are listening to the show as well, and I think it's fantastic because it really helps you gain insight into how men work. And Kristen and I both believe our mission statement as a whole is that we want to bridge the gap in communication between the sexes so that we all understand each other rather than putting up huge barriers separating each other more. So write in questions. If you have more questions that you want us to overanalyze, write them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday. You can download them individually or you can save yourself a lot of time by subscribing. Please go and subscribe to our podcast and if you like, write a little review, a little note for us. Kristen is obsessive about going on and reading them. <laughs> so just know that she will be seeing what you post and it will hopefully put a big smile on her face. You guys are wonderful. We will see you next week. Want advice and step-by-step instructions on how to get the girl sent right into your mailbox every single day? Then sign up for your free Wing Girl Method newsletter at winggirlmethod.com slash advice. When you sign up, you'll also get a free copy of my best-selling book, 10 Devastating Mistakes Men Make with Women and How to Avoid Them. Go to winggirlmethod.com slash advice and sign up now.